Hey guys, welcome to episode 2 of Talking Star Wars. On this episode, we had on Tom Chansky, also known as King Tom. You probably have heard him on other podcasts, leaving voicemails, leaving emails, where he usually talks about his Star Wars theories. On this episode, we spoke about how he got the name King Tom. We also spoke about Star Wars fandom and how we think the producers of Star Wars will handle Princess Leia's death. Anyways, here goes episode 2 of Talking Star Wars. Oh man, I can't believe it. I have the famous King Tom on today. Um, so first of all, tell me how you got that name, King Tom. Where did that come from? Um, it came from a friend of mine I used to work with. Uh, I used to work in TV for a few years and a bunch of us just hung out because we were all single. We were all around the same age. We all had the same interests. And um, my one friend, Mike, he liked to give people nicknames. And we were hanging out watching Mystery Science Theater. And there was an episode. Oh, man, I love that show. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it, it was a blast because, um, you know, we'd kind of be like the second row behind them. And um, there's this one episode where Tom Servo goes, I want to be a king. Everyone has to call me King Tom. So Mike pointed and he goes, that's it. You're King Tom. So, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, this little group started calling me King Tom, and about a year later, um, this is around 2005, a friend of mine set me up with a blog, a WordPress blog, and he, he set it up for me, and he called it King Tom's King. Okay. Oh, wow. And, um, <laughs> yeah, which I, I didn't hate. I couldn't think of anything, uh, anything better, so I went with it, and I wrote about just stuff that was going on in life. I watched 24. I watched Lost, and I would write about oh, that. Oh, man. I used to love 24. Oh, man. It, yeah, um, I was I was really big into it for a while there, uh, and then it just that that one year when Jack came back from China that wasn't yeah my thing, um, but I got a little bit of a following with the blog. So after that, whenever I would join a message board or an internet community, I started using King Tom, and okay. 
even when you know my first time writing into now this is podcasting was the first podcast that i wrote into and right, right. i just i just use the name king tom you know not trying to be like a gimmick or anything just <laughs> that because that's what people online knew me as and right. randy randy called me tom king king tom and he's been doing <laughs> that ever since yep yep i know yep yeah. i've heard it wow man wow that's a pretty awesome story yeah. you should actually like tell someone else that story on like another podcast or people could just come to this podcast and you know hear that story if they want to know why you're called uh you know king tom wow that's pretty cool so so where's that so where's that blog at now you said you were blogging about 24 and law so where where are those blogs now um it's still there if you go to tomchansky.com um there's a link there i i don't update it nearly as much as i used to um okay used to be like back in the day it was a few times a week but now it's once every month um i think the last post was back in june about my kids and then the one before that was maybe in april a review of the thrawn novel that i put together oh cool cool i'm gonna have to check that out then i'm gonna have yeah. to check that out I didn't, I didn't know you had a blog at all um have you started watching the uh the most recent um um uh 24 episodes that they came out with i think last year with the black guy no i wanted to but i'm a bit weird with tv shows right now um, I think I really, I, I don't want to say burnt out, but Lost and 24, when I was really into it, it changed me. Um, I just got so into it. I would, f- you know, follow it. I needed to know what happened from week to week. Mm-hmm. And it's tough, for, it's tough for me to watch something now, to sit down and devote time to something. Um, right. Even that, that, the last season of 24 they watched when Jack was in, in London, like, I just yeah, I not, saw that. I didn't want it to be over, but I wanted. I'd much rather have had it in one place, and be able to watch it at my, you know, at my leisure. If I felt like I wanted to watch the next one, if I wanted to needed to see the next one, then I'd put it on. But if not, I could just wait till whenever. Um, I do want to check it out, uh, but what you know when it's all there. And right, right. In the same, there, you know, there have been other shows that friends of mine have told me I should get into um, that I just haven't because. They're not all in one place. Or like there was that one that JJ did where the power went out around the world. Came out a few years ago. I think I might have. Yeah, I had a friend who was really into it. He's like, check it out. And I'm like, I don't want to get into something only to have them cancel it a year later. And that's, you know, they never finished the story from what I heard. Yeah, yeah. I I think I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name. I think I I remember seeing um, advertisements for it um, on, on television a while back. But yeah, I can't remember the name. But like. I remember the power being out and that being a theme in one of his shows. So how did you feel when you heard that J.J. Abrams was going to be the director of The Force Awakens being such a big Lost fan? That, that's one thing I, I never have like really heard anyone talk about, you, you know, cause, because I know Lost had a big following. So like I know people that are fans of Lost and Star Wars and stuff are like, oh, shit, like this is great or, you know, it's bad. I, I don't know. I didn't really watch Lost. From a directing point of view, I thought it was great. Okay. Because he knows how to tell a story visually, but mm-hmm. from a story point of view at the time, I was a little bit nervous because um, not only was I a fan of Lost, but also I was a fan of his previous show, Alias. Um, okay. Which, okay. I never watched that either, but I do remember Alias yeah, being was, a big deal. It was a drama starring um, Jennifer Gardner as a spy who leads a double life, at some points a triple life. My, my wife actually got me into it um 
the thing is, it was JJ was heavily involved the first two seasons, and season one and season two had these incredible cliffhangers. And then season three, JJ left to go do Mission Impossible, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And while the show was still good, it wasn't as good. And it felt like, you know, J.J. had set up all these really great stories, but had never followed th- through with them. Mm. And they had, to, they had to kind of change these, this mythology as it went along. And the same thing with Lost, where J.J. was heavily involved for the first few episodes. He came back to direct again in the second season or the third season. Um, but he handed it off. And in that sense, I'm glad he handed it off because I'm one of the few people who liked the finale of Lost. Um, okay. With, with Star Wars, considering that, if, you know, they said, okay, J.J. is going to direct, he's going to write with um, Lawrence Kasdan, and right. then right. at that point, was it Michael Arndt? I was like, yep. I, re- I really hope that he finishes all his ideas because he's all about the mystery box, but he never really wants to tell you what's in the box or he wants someone else to say what's in the box. And from a directing point of view, I was thrilled, but storytelling, I was a little bit wary at the time. Well, well, so, so it's kind of interesting that you say that like he likes to leave mysteries in the box, right? Because I, because I kind of think with bringing the, you know, the, um, with bringing episode seven into existence, and you know now we all know the way that it ended with Luke Skywalker just standing there on the edge of the cliff, on um on a uh, Octu, you know like it, it was it was quintessential J.J. Abrams you know um, from what you're saying right like yeah he did he did just enough to leave us wondering hey what's gonna happen in Episode Eight um, yeah and and so maybe it was easier for him to you know, probably, you know, write um, episode seven uh, because he's that kind of guy, right? But I, I don't think he's intentionally trying to, I, I don't think he, of course, um, I don't think he's uh, intentionally, you know, trying to do that. But I think that, you know, maybe that kind of worked to his advantage for uh, episode seven. Uh, what are your predictions for episode eight? Or what do you want to happen? Um, I, my feelings about what I think is going to happen in episode eight change pretty much every time I think about it because okay. you you look at the state of the galaxy and, and I'm, you know, I, I really look into this and I like thinking like, I like the political angles of stuff. Like the Republic's capital is destroyed. The first order, the first order's giant weapon is destroyed. Both sides have to be an absolute economic chaos, if not governmental chaos. Right, and exactly. And if this is going to be, the part where the good guys, you know, fail and fall all the way to the bottom. I don't know how that that's going to happen somehow. And the, the only way that I've thought that possible is if one of the last shots of the last Jedi is a mirror of that one shot of the force awakens where you have Ray back in her ad ad on Jakku scratching another mark into that metal plate right like because that is the ultimate kick in the ass really to be you know to have gone that far to see the galaxy to go to a planet that's all water to learn you know jedi training from luke skywalker and then to be back right where you were waiting for someone um 
you know, you're going to have the, that, the Republic slash, um, uh, what, the Resistance utterly devastated. Um, I know you, you and Rashad were talking in your podcast, well, the last episode, I listened to it yesterday, so I wanted to say right. yesterday, but it, there's really no easy decision for what to do with Leia. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. I, I would not want to make that decision, and I'm glad I'm not making it. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's my whole prediction for episode eight is my best prediction is I don't know. I have all these crazy ideas about what's going to happen, but the more I think about them, the more, I, well, maybe that's not likely. I think about things too much. And yeah. I, I defeat my own ideas sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way too, man. Um, you know, when I'm in the shower or, you know, when I'm driving to work and, right. um, you know, I'm thinking about Star Wars, you know, I'm just like, hey, you know, well, they probably, you know, they probably will kill Leia given the fact that she, you know, she died and, you know, they probably don't want to bring in a new actor or a new actress to, you know, try to replace her. But then I think about, well, you know, her dying pretty much ruined the entire script. So, yeah. You know, I'm kind of thinking that, like, well, maybe they're bringing in all of these new writers or a new writer to try to rewrite things because her her death is screwed up so much that they had, um, um, you know, planned. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, at this point in time, yeah, it really is hard to guess. And, you know, just like you said, I would hate to be one of the producers yeah. because, you know, because you don't want to disappoint the fans. You don't want to disappoint um, her family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to give her the uh, correct send-off. Uh but then, you know, I, I, I think about sometimes like, okay, well, maybe they could just like, maybe not kill her off. They could, you know, keep telling her story and like a bloodline too, right? Yeah. But, but, but then like I told Rashad, you know, one of the problems with that is she is such a major character that, you know, you, you can't just kill her off in a book, right? Or you can't just continue her story in a book. Like her death needs to be seen on screen. Her, her story needs to be told on screen. So, um. Yeah, I, I mean, I really don't know where they go, right? It's it's a really hard position to be in. Yeah, so I, I'm glad I'm not. You know, I've I've always wanted to work for Star Wars for as long as I can remember. That's how I used to say when I was a kid. But in this case, I'm glad I don't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So 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 what what got you into podcasting? Well, like um oh yeah okay what like I was saying uh right around the time the second. Uh, Force Awakens trailer dropped, the Chewie were home one. Um, there was just a lot of Star Wars news, and I wanted to take a break from listening to music at work, so I started mm-hmm. listening to Now This Is Podcasting. And it wasn't what I thought it would be. Uh, I thought it would be, you know, someone sitting around and using a cheesy voice reading news and things like that, but I liked... I liked how it was just some friends, and you could tell that they were friends sitting around and talking about Star Wars. Um, so I listened to them. I listened to a few others that I ended up not liking as much because they didn't have that friends talking about Star Wars quality. Right. Or they felt they had to be someone else. <clears throat> um so I listen. I, I mostly listen to them. I would. I would watch. You know. I'd have Collider on in the background too. Oh, I love Collider. Oh man, yeah. I watch. I listen to their stuff I, every day. I think that they can. I I like them. I think they can be a bit off, putting it sometimes. Okay, um, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. I, I, I like to hear why. I think sometimes they try and come off as too hipsterish. 
Okay. I mean, like, well, they're from California. So. Yeah. That's, <laughs> like, I, I think um, most of the guys in the Jedi Council are, are, are funny, but I think sometimes they try and work their routines into the into the show a little bit too much or yeah yeah i do agree with that especially the guy that's uh, mark ellis the guy that's the comedian yeah yeah um him and uh there's the other guy. i don't i don't remember his name um yes, Karloff. oh Karloff. um uh, isn't on all the time but i think that's who i'm thinking of but that and i think they yeah. also tend to to bash on the prequels just because it's cool Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. And, hey, and if those guys are listening, I, I listen to Jedi Council. I, I I love the podcast slash YouTube channel that they have. But uh, hey, yeah. leave Ron alone. <laughs> leave Ron alone. It was all me. It was all um, But no, so like, and I I still I'll still listen to them every week. You know, so they they still put out a good enough show to listen to. Um, but I, you know, then I started getting into other like uh, Blue Harvest. Started listening to them, and yep. I, I love Hawes and Will. Hawes, I feel like he's in my head half the time because <laughs> we have the same thoughts about a lot of things. Um, you know, I listened to Rogue One. I've gotten into the Bad Motivators a lot. Um, yep. Steel and I can't keep up with Steel stuff because oh he man, is... yeah, he's prolific. Uh, exactly. I mean, guy, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that guy is putting out stuff all the time. Yeah, it's pretty right. hard to keep and, up. And the thing, like I, you know, I, um, he was in town a few weeks ago, and um, he was tweeting. Oh yeah, out, I think I yeah, saw that. Asking, right? Yeah, he was asking like if there were any good comic book stores or anything, and I said, you know, hey, I'm in Columbus. He said, oh, we should meet up and hang out sometime. So we, uh, he was with a group for a wedding. We ended up, I ended up meeting him at this bar downtown. We ended up having a few drinks and just talking. And he is a re like, he is a real Star Wars fan. Yeah, and, you yeah. know it's, how so? It's no, it's it's just the way he talks about it. Like he, you know, he he has the work ethic of I don't know someone who's a much better person than me. But he looks for you know he wants a good production, like the guys on Jedi Council, and this isn't enough right. against him. But you know his opening line. I do love Star Wars. You can tell that. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, know, yeah. He knows. Um, and he wants to put something out there for for Star Wars fans of all kinds. Of, yeah. You know, older fans who know everything about the saga and people who are just joining us, so to speak. Right. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting that you say that because, like, when I think of still – I always feel like he would be, you know, the best ambassador for Lucasfilm slash Disney, right? Uh, yeah. B because because he he, uh, you know, just like you were saying, um, he touches so many um, corners of the Star Wars demographic, right? You know, he's, right. He, he's funny, so people like that. But like just like you were saying, um, every single time I listen to him, you know, I feel like he, he's very fair and balanced. Like he's not a uh, prequel hater. Uh, I haven't heard him bash the prequels a lot, um, but he's also very supportive of what you know Lucasfilm and uh, Disney are trying to do now, as far as Star Wars goes, as far as you know getting um, you know more more uh, women involved and you know minorities and things like that. And he oh. seems to have been you know um, a great advocate for that. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and I yeah. I, I love what he's doing. I'm proud to be a supporter of both him and making star wars and you know i 
I've been in the, you know, I've been a Star Wars fan all my life, and I've been in online fandom for 25 years. Yeah, that could be brutal. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, my first exposure to online fandom was I signed up for, my father had an AOL account in 1992, and I started visiting the Star Wars message boards on AOL in November 92. And even back then, there were sectors of the fandom that didn't, think others belonged and right. you know about 15 years ago during the prequels it, it, it wasn't always fun to be around um there was still a lot of that carried over but you know jason and amanda and steel and um Hawes and will johnny they bad motivators they make people feel welcome they make people feel like yeah. friends and yeah we're going to disagree on things but i don't think they want anyone to take anything personally and there right. there have there i will admit there have been times where people from outside of this the circle have attacked them and yep i've seen that quite a few times on twitter and stuff yeah and they've attacked or said things back and you know there was something going on last week I, this guy said something that i felt was very ignorant and i sh i fired a few shots too um mm -hmm. but i tried to do what they do and keep it about the ideas yeah um, yeah as long as you do that i mean i think you know when, when, you, when we're talking about any conversation right like uh, if we're talking about sports, right? If we're talking about politics, you know, um, especially, I feel like the personal attacks is what makes it bad, right? Right. But like, if we're talking about ideas, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fail any kind of way, um, you know, about anything like that. Um, I, I think one of the issues with the internet, and this has been said before, I'm not saying anything that's um, revolutionary, uh, but, but, but I think it's so easy to hide behind, you know, your phone screen or your computer screen and say wild stuff, right? Yeah. Um, you know, aside from Star Wars podcasts, I love to listen to like, um, you know, podcasts on politics or mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, a lot of the social uh, issues that we have going on and, um, you know, in the United States and the world today. And, you know, one thing I noticed is that a lot of people that speak to each other on podcasts, like let's say a political podcast. Mm -hmm. They can speak so eloquently and they can speak intelligently when talking to people, you know, face to face. But like I've seen some of those same people when they had a conversation prior to like a podcast conversation, you know, they're, they're, they're talking a lot of shit online. Right. Like there's yeah. things that they would never say to your face. And so I, I think the Internet is a great place. Right. It's brought people like you and I together. But, yeah. But but I also think that, you know. Uh, it also provides a cover, right? You know, people are mm -hmm. anonymous online. They can say what they want to say. They can, you know, I, I, I can guarantee you that 50% of the people who are talking crap to, you know, um, Jason Ward or Johnny or anyone else, you know, mm -hmm. they probably don't even really mean it, right? But like, they like to see people get riled up, right? And then right. you have the other 50%, you know, you do have assholes in the world and um, I, I don't know how you stop people from being an asshole, but uh, yeah, that's a part of fandom, right? And, and, and that's something I don't think that we ever can truly defeat. Um, I, I just hate when it um, makes someone feel like they can't be a part of this community because that's the first thing that they witness, right? Right. Um, and that kind of sucks. You know, mm -hmm. I, I would hate if, uh, you, you know, I, I have a little girl 
Um, I would hate if, you know, if the first thing she uh, witnessed, you know, as I try to get her into Star Wars is, you know, the negativity that comes along with some fans. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think why podcasts are also great, right? Like most podcasters are positive. They're not talking crap on their podcast about other people. Um, I, I'm pretty sure there are some people that do that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know. I I don't want to listen to someone <laughs> hating on something for an hour, and I don't know many people who do. Uh, you know, right, the stuff exactly. that the stuff that I don't like, I don't go near. Um, yep. And I think that's the way we deal with each other as fans is is a lot different than we have in the past. So while there is some there there are the negatives of you know anonymity and people taking shots at each other and not respecting each other as people um there's also the openness that like you said you and i can have this conversation or i can become friends with someone halfway around the world whose point of view i never would have seen before yep exactly and i think you know i think we have a lot to learn from each other in that way and overall it's a good thing and we have star wars to do it too so it can't be even better and um i just want to throw one more shout out if shout out if i can hey, um, go ahead go ahead and i was i was thinking this today but the, the sith list um oh yeah Arash, yeah oh yeah Arash, that that's awesome yeah i mean i was listening to them today and you know these these are three guys that i would gladly hang out with any time but yep. their ba- their backgrounds obviously are not the same from mine. I'm a white yep. guy who lives in, you know, I grew up in New York, but I live in Ohio now, but I like, they're, they're not all about the, the point of view from their background, they're the, about the point of view from themselves. But right. I do appreciate that they, because um, I, I don't remember what it was now, but Les was asked a question about, um, oh, the, the, the domino uh, from the, Deadpool too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the the black woman that got cast as that one, right? Right, right. And and I liked hearing, you know, I liked hearing his point of view on that. I, it's something that I appreciate and that I feel like I can learn a lot. So, um, I'm I'm glad people who podcast are podcasting because I feel like I get something from it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. You you know, that's why I really got it. I think I might have mentioned this. you know, when I had the last uh, podcast um, with uh, Rashad, but one of the things I love about the Star Wars community is that, you know, being, being you know, African-American, there aren't a lot of people who like really nerdy things, right? Yeah. Um, you do have, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, black comic book writers, you know, you have John Boyega, who seems to really be in a Star Wars, but mm-hmm. at least for me growing up, uh, I grew up in Connecticut, so not too far from New York. Okay. Um, and I, I now live in Los Angeles, but uh, I, I don't meet too many black people who go around saying, yeah, you know, I read Captain America, you know, 50 times over when, you know, he, uh, you know, once we found out he was a Hydra soldier, right? Or, mm-hmm. or, or a member of Hydra. I don't see that many African-American people talking about Star Wars the way I like to talk about Star Wars, Star Wars right? Um, right. And so one of the great things that I love about the Star Wars podcast community is that, just like you were saying, you have all these people from, um, you know, different backgrounds who don't care about your race. They don't care about your gender, but we can all talk and we can all, you know, unite pretty much under one roof and we can all get along. Right. And if you don't yeah. have a place in your own community, you know, your own racial or ethnic community, you can always come to the Star Wars community and you can be a part of that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, 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 and that's something that I love, right? Uh, because there's no one around me who, who can talk Star Wars um, or, or talk about what they love and hate about it. Like when I talk to my wife about Star Wars, she just <laughs> looks at me like I'm crazy. Get, like what is get, wrong with you? I get this. I get the same thing. And, you know, I went to, when I went to high school, I was pretty much the only kid who was into Star Wars or into comic books. Yep. And I, re- I remember what it's like to not have anyone around to talk to. So that's why I'm, I'm a very big fan of a big community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, one of the things for me, too, when I was younger, you know, I grew up in the inner city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and I kind of I, I kind of had um, I had to really hide being a nerd. Right. Because right. Because if you wanted to be cool, right, if you wanted to not get picked on and pushed around, uh, you had, you know, you had to really hide that and, you know, in order to stay safe. And now, I, you know, I really like the fact that we have podcasts and partly because of podcasts, now being a geek, being a nerd has become cool. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, now everybody wants to go to San Diego, uh, San Diego Comic Con. Now everybody wants to go read comics and be up to date on like the latest and greatest and, you know, the comic book world or be up to date on um, what's happening in Star Wars. And, you know, now I look around and I'm just like, you know, I wish this uh, I, I wish I wish this world existed when I was, you know, a 13 year old fat chubby kid trying to make his way through high school. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, it definitely wasn't that way. And if I would have let anybody knew, like, hey, like, I watch A New Hope, you know, every single weekend, uh, I would have probably got laughed at all the time. Right. Yeah, I I remember being so excited at, uh, I was born in 77. Okay. So, I, after Star Wars came out. Came out, right? I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah. I said, I said oh. right, yeah, right around that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and... You know, I was in high school in 91, right when Heir to the Empire came out. And I was so excited that, you know, something new Star Wars was coming out and there was momentum. And But I had like, you know, I was so excited and I couldn't explain to anyone why. And I got into a conversation with my friend. He's like, so they're coming out with a movie on this book? And he, he looked at the cover with the Joris Sabaoth shooting lightning beams and Luke Skywalker and he's like they're making a movie out of this with this blue guy and this beardy guy and I'm like no they're not making a movie out of it and trying to explain why a new Star Wars book was important I just remember it was it, it was quite a chore <laughs> yeah yeah I, I'm pretty sure and how did this friend react with this friend like appalled that the fact you know that like they would make something so crazy out of something that no one cared about I, I mean, because that's, that's the feeling I get about what, what it was like, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago to be a Star Wars fan. Like, people uh, thought this whole thing was crazy. I don't think he thought it was crazy. I just think he didn't get it and didn't didn't see the need for it. Because, I don't know, you know, movies and culture were a lot different back then. Mm-hmm. Um, there was sci-fi, but it was, there was sci-fi and there were comic book movies, but they were all kind of relegated to a sideshow and every now and then you had a, a you know tim burton's batman or something that that made it a little bit cool right uh, right yeah that one summer when everyone was wor- walking around wearing batman t-shirts but i i don't i don't think people thought i was crazy but they didn't think it was a real thing oh that's you know tom's a little niche over there he can <laughs> it's a big book he can be into that for a while and i didn't I didn't love the books, but the last one of the Zon books, I think I read 
less than 24 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how people do that. I, I, so, like, currently, like, right now, I'm reading um, um, Inferno Squad, and, like, I can okay. only do, like, a chapter a night. Okay. I, what do you like, think yeah. of it? Um, I think it's really good so far. And, uh, honestly, it's starting to make me uh, be a bigger fan of the dark side a lot more. Or, the, or I shouldn't say the dark side necessarily, but the uh, Empire. Um, mm-hmm. Iden Versio, um, I think that's how you say her last name. I think so, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, I think, you know, so, so right now, I don't want to really give away a lot of spoilers, but right now, like, they're kind of prepping to, um, they're kind of prepping to go on their first mission. Um, okay. And I believe there's a moth that has a gambling problem, and he's an alcoholic, and they're trying to right. plant something on him. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I'm at that point in the book. But uh, it, it, it's very good, but, like, for some mm-hmm. reason, when I read, I always want to fall asleep. It doesn't matter what book it is. Right, I, I I can read um, the most interesting book like Inferno Squad. I'm really into it. I swear to you, I am. But for some reason, I start to fall asleep as I'm like sitting on my couch reading on my you know phone or tablet. I, I can't do it, it. Yeah, I understand. And kind of going back to what you're saying, I think in the new canon, they've done an excellent job of make presenting the characters with the Empire point of view as rational. Yep. Yeah, exactly. it's not like this is Admiral so and so, and he's evil. No, he sees himself as justified. And right in did you read the Thrawn novel? No, I haven't. I haven't read that yet. And I actually forgot all the, um, all about it. And I think okay. someone in the uh, Rogue One Army DM room when we were talking about uh, Inferno Squad had uh, brought it back up. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot all about the Thrawn novel. And then when I finished um, Aftermath, the Aftermath uh, trilogy, uh, Thrawn came up again towards the very end. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I got I to gotta go read that. Um, and because of the way Aftermath um, ended, I was like, yeah, I definitely have to read Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll just say this about Thrawn. For about three quarters of the book, you never get the sense that the Empire is evil or bad. Right. You know, and then they do something that, not so good but you see it as a stabilizing force in the galaxy that oh yeah makes sense why people want to join sign me up and then okay yeah they wiped out the jedi and right palpatine took over and you start to think about all the things they really did do so but i yep. think that's i that's one of the changes that i see in the new canon and yep. um one of the one of the reasons i'm glad they did what they did yeah, yeah, I, I agree. The the only thing I wish, um, and I, I'm pretty sure that you know this is coming. Um, I wish that there was more of a payoff to reading the the books and the comics and everything. Uh, so far, I haven't really seen it. Um, I think the most that you know a lot of the hardcore fans I've gotten have gotten so far is uh, seeing the ghost in Rogue One. Um, mm-hmm. Like little small things like that, and there's been like all of the um, Lord of the Wills type stuff um, that like has kind of popped up. But like I want to see, you know, I want to hear more about like Iden Versio in the movies. I want to hear about um, what uh, Grand Admiral Sloane, right? I want to hear, I want to yeah. hear about her in, in Episode Eight. Like she has to come up because towards the end of um, uh, what you call it, uh, Empire's Aftermath, End. Yeah, Empire's End. Yeah. She was traveling to the unknown regions, right? Right. Um, so, so I, I want to hear more about those people so that, you know what, 
when someone talks to me about Star Wars, so for, for example, my wife doesn't really like Star Wars, but she'll go into the movies, I can explain to her, hey, like that character has a lot more significance than what mm-hmm. they showed in the movies, right? And not only that, it makes you excited, right? That, hey, I spent $15 buying this book or $20 buying this book, and you know it was, it was worth it because I knew a little bit more about the movie because I read it. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're ahead. totally right, and that's a completely legitimate thing to say that you want it, th- these characters that you're reading about or seeing in comics or video games that you want to see them as part of the main saga i think that's that's totally normal the the only thing to kind of say from their point of view is you know they only have two hours right, every exactly. year to put something out and it could be they're doing it the other way around they're seeing okay this character's book or comic book did really well so we're going to include them right right that that's what i'm hoping right right and and to kind of clarify what i'm saying too um i i don't want a whole lot of like dialogue for from someone like uh you know uh grand Admiral sloan in episode eight i don't want anything like that but i do want a cameo right or yeah or or at least a mention of like what happened on jakku with Sloan or um, or like Ransom Castafo, right? So when I read yeah. like Bloodline, I was like, yo, this Castafo guy, uh, he seems to be really important, especially when you talk about like, the politics that are, that, that are occurring, uh, you know, uh, behind the scenes. Um, yeah. and, and so I would like to at least hear a mention or at least see that character pop up, right? Yeah. And maybe we don't, you know, maybe we don't know right away like who that person is, but maybe, you know, Pablo Hidalgo gets on Twitter one day and was like, hey, like, did you see Ransom Castafo was in the background, you know, at, you yeah. know, like on, on Canto Bite or something like that. Um, it doesn't, so, so again, it doesn't have to be a major, you know, plot point uh, with those characters in it or a major scene or I, I don't even want those characters to have a lot of dialogue, but I would like if there was some sort of payoff. Um, yeah, I get- Yeah, and so that's pretty much what I want. I think we are kind of getting that with Inferno Squad because you have the single player campaign that's coming out um mm-hmm. once uh star wars battlefront comes out but uh mm-hmm. yeah I, I would i would just like to see more of those types of things so yeah you know i still haven't um um asked you uh, so so how did you get into star wars what what happened was it your dad your mom oh the siblings um, that got you into it it's always been around for me i have okay. I, I i have a very good memory like a freakishly good memory I don't have a photographic memory or anything like that, but I just remember the most random things and dates and things like that. And I have vague memories of seeing it in the theaters during one of the re-releases in 78 or 79. Um, So it's like the first movie I remember seeing, and I was just wowed. And, you know, I I had Star Wars toys... um, and I think a lot of it comes from that because I had these toys. I had like Empire okay. toys. I had toys from Empire before I saw Empire. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I, I didn't see Empire until a few weeks before Return of the Jedi came out. And oh, I wow. Just... So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. So why was that? Because back then it was like really like a, what, a three-year gap between the movies or something like that. So You know, that's... I don't, I don't know why. You know, like I, I, I saw Star Wars a bunch of times, but... I didn't. I don't know if because they didn't release Empire as much. Um, also, my my parents were kind of going through a divorce at the time. Ah, okay. So it might not have been their priority to take me to the movie when 
you know, they're starting to split up. But um, the the way I saw Empire, I was in kindergarten, and my father picked me up. My parents were divorced. They lived about 40 minutes apart from each other. It was a Friday. My father picked me up, and he took me to the movie theater, said, we're going to see Star Wars. I'm like, great, okay, my favorite movie. Nice. So we saw Star Wars and uh, get up out of the theater go walk to get we walk to leave but instead of leaving you we get popcorn he tells me to go to the restroom go to the restroom comes back more popcorn more drinks we go back to the theater <laughs> i'm like what i'm like what are we doing here and he's like we're gonna see that other star wars movie and nice. like you know i i was on the edge of my seat the whole time yeah and That's then a few weeks too. yeah then a few weeks later he took me to see return of the jedi in a drive-in opening night Wow, yeah, sounds sounds cool. I wish it was, I wish driving theater still existed, but uh, I don't think they're pretty feasible nowadays. I, I don't see no. any out here. No, I think there there are one or two around here, but they're only like they're out in the country and they're only open for the summer. And I don't even think they show first run movies. I think it's all well. I think it's like family friendly, like Cars and The Despicable Me or things like uh, that. Oh, that um, sucks. Yeah, so I don't know if you'd see. You know, The Last Jedi and a drive-in. Um, but yeah, it's it's just always been there for me. And even after Return of the Jedi came out, I still played with my toys. I had I had a bunch of, like, the paperbacks. Um, I would get the comics every now and yep. then. Yeah, I had and, some of those when I was a kid, too. Yeah, even as I got in, you know, went from Star Wars to He-Man to Voltron to G.I. Joe, Transformers... Even I was, as I was into those things, I still had my Star Wars toys, and I'd still play with them. And yep. I got into comic books, and I, I went to a comic book store in Staten Island um, that was the comic book store to go to in Staten Island. And for some reason, I walked past the role-playing game section, and they had Star Wars books. And I got one, and it's like, you know, yeah, it's about how to play the role-playing game and what to do when mm-hmm. you roll a 3D20 but it also had Star Wars stories in it. And I saved up 20 bucks and I bought one. And I think I broke that book's spine. I read it so much. It was like the, the source book. That's really funny. And yeah, I, I love those books. And so that kind of kept me into it. And then, you know, more Star Wars stuff started coming out slowly. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like that with me too. Like, uh, so I, I mentioned to uh, Rashad too on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um I remember seeing Star Wars on TV as a kid. Uh, so I was okay. born. So I was born in the uh, late '80s. I was born in 1988. If okay. Everybody wants to know. Um, so around that time, or at least when I was around like five, six, seven, eight years old, Star mm-hmm. Wars was already on television, right? Um, I forgot who had the deal. I think Turner might have still had the deal. So it might have been on TNT or something like that, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But like I remember just being um, amazed with you know lightsabers and like the force powers i thought that was so cool Mm -hmm. and then i remember uh you know one day my mom took me my brother and my sister um to the you know uh movies and i think return of the jedi special edition was the one that was in theater um Uh if it is at the time and i saw that and my mom was like nope there's no way i'm going to see that movie at all and my brother and sister thought the same thing. So I remember they went off to go see some um, other movie. And I sat in it all by myself. And I thought, wow, it's so cool to be seen this on screen. And I thought uh, Luke Skywalker was so cool. And yeah, I was just blown away. And then after that, I had one of the um, EU novels. I can't remember um, which one it was because I was so young. But I mm-hmm. do remember there was a picture of 
Luke Skywalker on the front holding a green lightsaber and he had him like an all black, you know, his all black um, um, outfit that he has on in Return of the Jedi. It might have just been a novelization of Return of the Jedi, but okay. um, but yeah, it, it was, it, yeah, so since then, um, you know, I've been a big Star Wars fan. Now, it kind of fell off once I got to college because there wasn't much Star Wars content coming out. I think mm-hmm. the Clone Wars might have been a thing, but I was so busy with college stuff and all that, I never really got a chance to watch it back then. Yeah. Uh, but but then you know once uh, the Force Awakens came out, yeah, that definitely like you know what that definitely sparked everything again, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I got onto you know I got into podcasts and 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 everything like that. So, um, but uh, you were also saying too, you have kids, right? So, uh, so so have your kids gotten into Star Wars at all? How do they feel about it? They they have um, back when my wife and I. Even before we got married, we had a kind of a disagreement on when would be the best time to show them Star Wars. While I was like, right away, um, my wife wanted to wait until they were older, like eight. And I didn't agree with that, but I went along with it for a while until um, one day when my daughter was three, she asked me, or she, no, she <laughs> was four. She asked me if, if Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. Oh wow, that's pretty cool for three for her to like recognize well, that. Yeah, and I like started bubbling over with rage on the inside. I said, "Where oh. did you hear? Where did you hear that?" She said, "Sesame Street." Said, oh wait, 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 wait. So, so hold on. So at this time, she hadn't watched. Um, no, she's back yet. Oh wow, no. that sucks. Yeah. Oh, that's I, and, to have that ruined that way. Yeah. No, well, I just said, "Where did you hear that?" And you know, so she told me, and I'm like, well, first of all, you're never watching." St- and Sesame Street again. And then I looked at my wife. He said, I think it's time for them to watch. And um, so we kind of, we made a deal where uh, we would watch in, you know, 15, 20 minute increments, in, uh, excuse me, increments, and um, edit out certain scenes that weren't kid friendly. Uh, and so I, we, we did that. I watched with my daughter and my son. And my daughter, she loves to talk. She has a lot of questions. And she would ask questions constantly. Mm-hmm. And I would pause it and try and answer all of them. And they both really, really enjoy it. Uh, and they're, you know, they, they're also into other things too, but they are two Star Wars fans. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I do my best to try and let it be their thing i don't try to push things on them uh, right i let them you know i let them come to it right wow that's 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 pretty cool um yeah, yeah. again like i said it kind of sucked that she had like the biggest reveal ever uh kind of ruined for her um well she, she i else. didn't i didn't confirm it oh okay so, oh, so she was good. still yeah it was more where did you hear that you know me asking the question was able to get her onto something else so it was still a little bit of a surprise Oh, that's good. Yeah. So she still had to kind of wait for that moment. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so I, again, I, I think I already mentioned um, I have a two year old daughter and um, mm-hmm. we've watched um, Star Wars A New Hope in front of her. Um, okay. And it, it's kind of funny. So I have a I have a decent memory when it comes to movies. So even though I've seen Star Wars um, A New Hope plenty of times, countless times, mm-hmm. I don't remember every single scene. Right, okay. like I kind of like I, I remember like major points. So like I remember when Luke Skywalker is looking out at the twin sons, right? Mm-hmm. I think like everybody you know remembers that, and there's other things that I really re- you know I like to remember, so I remember them. 
but like I forget that you know I forgot that there's a scene where um, we first meet Han Solo in the, uh, in the cantina, and he like. I think Obi-Wan chops off one of the alien's hands or something like that. Yeah. Something like yeah. that happened. Pulled Baba's hand, arm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There you go. And my daughter was watching and I was like, oh crap. Like, it, you know, like, like my wife was sitting there on the couch with me and my daughter out of nowhere, she screams, oh no. And we're just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like you really understand, like you just understood what happened. And so, yeah, I kind of mm-hmm. freaked out. So yeah, I kind of get, you know, waiting for your kids to, um, you know, wait to watch Star Wars. Um, so, I, I started to see my my wife's point of view, not so much from that, but because I wanted them to understand the story a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I I think that they were able to at the age when I when I showed it to them. You know, right. I I had talked about it before then, and you know, they had maybe like some Star Wars toys or things like that but they didn't really know you know they didn't have we we used to play a game where i would be han solo and i would stand in the doorway to our kitchen and my you know pretend to be frozen in carbonite and this was before they saw star wars my daughter would be princess leia and come rescue me and then she would fly, <laughs> that's fly really you know we'd go on the couch and she'd fly me out but that's you know that's what she knew of star wars before then okay pretty cool yeah. pretty cool so 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 is your daughter um is she a big fan of ray is that a favorite favorite character or does she like someone else how has she taken to you know the uh proliferation of female characters in the you know star wars um Saginaw? um i think she likes she really likes ray leia queen amidala um and I think the proliferation of female characters is definitely a girl thing because, um, contrary to what some people may say on the internet, <laughs> um, people need to see themselves in things, mm-hmm. and not about not about this, but for another reason. I've heard her say that she wants to see people like her in things, um, right. Or, you know, meet friends like her. Uh, she was born with a cleft lip and cleft palate. And oh, okay, okay. It, it's not something that every kid has. Mm-hmm. So, she, you know, she, she wants to see, to see more of that or meet people like that. So I, I have heard that and I know... Um, so I know what representation can mean to people mm-hmm. who, you know, aren't me. Um, so for me to see them do things like forces of destiny or have a a female be a lead in a movie. I I'm a fan of that because of what that shows her. Right. Yep. I I 100% agree. I I 100% agree. I I think Halls was saying something very similar too, right? Like, you know, yeah, you know, he hasn't seen anyone really in a wheelchair. Um, right. And and, other than Klieg Lars. Right. Exactly. And so, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to have that, you know, representation so that, you know, you can do things like go to a con and you can dress up at those characters or you can see someone like yourself and not feel like, you know, you're uh, just weird a person because you don't look like, you know, you don't look like uh, everyone else. So, right. and um, go ahead. No, and I was going to say, I know my daughter was told at school once she was, um, she was Ray last Halloween mm-hmm. um, in the, the, my, my mother made her kind of the, um, the end of the force awakens, the act two outfit. And someone said to her, well, Star Wars isn't for girls. Oh wow! And I I don't think she let it affect her too much. You know, she was still Ray and 
she loved right. being Ray. But I just, I just don't like hearing that because yeah. that's not true. So yeah, that's just that's no. just me. Yeah, no, I look, I one hundred percent agree, and you know, my thing is too. Even if you want to call, you know, companies like Disney, um, and I'll say it once again, I work for Disney, but I'm no way a representative of, of the company. Um, well, I guess I sort of am, right? I gotta carry myself in a certain way. I'm not there to fire me. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 anyways, I, I I think people need to understand this one thing. Um, even if you want to think there's a SJ, you know, SJW agenda or anything like that. I I get what you're saying, whatever. But you also have to understand is that like companies like Disney, companies like Marvel, which is also a part of Disney, or you know Warner Brothers, they're in the business of making money. So right. why not make more money by inclu- by including more people? If, exactly. If, if 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 the only uh, you know audience you you're, you're going to tend to is you know. Uh, white people or men or just women or whatever you, you, you're not you're not you're not taking full advantage of you know society i'm sorry right. like, you know businesses are in the business of taking advantage of society so that they can make more money mm-hmm. and so why not include female characters why not include hispanic characters why not include black characters why not include handicapped characters the only right. thing that will do is draw a bigger audience so companies like disney can make more money Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and, and so, and so, I, I I say that you know, again, I love that just John Boyega, right? Like we have a black guy mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Um, yeah. I, I, now I can say I I have a pretty big self ego, not as big as Johnny <laughs> Grasso's, but I have a pretty big self ego. So I mean, for me personally, I didn't need to see that to feel like I could be a Jedi if I wanted to. But like, hey, right. it's still a good damn thing. Like there are other people who probably need that. But also, yeah. you have to think about this from an um, economic standpoint. These companies want to make money, so why not include as many, different, uh, as many different types of people as you possibly can to try to make more money? Mm-hmm. It, you know, and so w- when I hear people complain, I'm just like, All right, like you guys are stupid. You guys don't understand why companies are, are, are trying to uh, um, promote diversity. Right. right. You, you know, um, same thing with hiring practices. Right. Like if you want the best people, you want all the different types of people like the best people to, you know, you know, you know, not every person that does a great job is a white person or a no. black person or a woman. It's like you have people from multiple areas of the world that look differently, that can do different things that can be great at, you know, uh, uh, that can be great at many different things. And you want talented people from all over the world. Um, right. And so, yeah, when I, when I hear people, you know, they just want to call Disney an um, SJW company or they make that claim about Hollywood or whatever. OK, yes. What well, do I agree? Are we you know, are we are we starting to see uh, a, a lot more um, films with black leads or female leads? Yes, we are. But there's a reason for that. It's not because Hollywood actually cares about, you know, the political agenda of, of, of leftists in America. Like, that's not what they care about. What they care about is uh, making more money. And I can tell you that I sit in meetings almost every day. And that is, or, or, or you know, whenever we have a big town hall at Disney, and one of the things that is constantly preached is that, hey, like, we need to open up to more markets. Not just global markets, right? But like also, you know, the the, the female market, the African American market, the Hispanic market. So right. at the end of the day, that is what these companies care about. It's you about know? making money that in using something reflecting the world we live in. Exactly. Exactly. 
exactly. So, yeah, I, I get tired of, you know, hearing about that. And then, you know, like as we were talking about earlier, those are the same people that make all the noise online and, you know, they get into fights with people. It, it's just so annoying. It really is so annoying. So, um, but I, I, I can also tell you one thing, you know, I, I have a daughter and I actually have two daughters um, oh. and, 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 you know, I want them to both be in a Star Wars. And, you know, one of the things I always tell, you know, I always tell my wife without even thinking about it, it's like, hey, you know, you know, it's cool. It's cool that she, you know, that uh, they have Ray because that'll hopefully make them become more attracted to becoming a Star Wars fan. Right. And like and like mm -hmm. I say that without thinking, because I mean, as a man, I'm into things that I see men in, you mm -hmm. know, like I really love football. Right. Other than Star Wars, sports is like my favorite thing. Okay. Um, and, and I can really relate to football because there are men playing it. And I think, oh, guess what? As a man, I can do something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, or the same or same thing when I was younger, uh, you know, alongside uh, Star Wars, I was a big fan of Power Rangers. I was a big mm -hmm. fan of superheroes because there were men, you know, uh, you know, portraying these characters. And so for me, I was like, oh, I can do that. I can be one of those people. Right. It just it just drew me to it because I saw someone that looked like myself, even if they weren't black. Right. They were still men. You know, they, they were still right. men. Um, and so I, I just think naturally that's what happens. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So so and, and 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 I think one of the other things that Hollywood is trying to do too is I think um, Hollywood is trying to uh, create more stories um, for 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 everyone. Again, like I said, we want to get everyone. Um, you know, we're we're trying to sell to everyone, right? That that's what Hollywood is in the is in the business of doing. Um, and so I think in order to do that, like you need people from different backgrounds to write stories. Uh, yeah. So so again, when I hear people say, oh, well, it doesn't matter that you had a female director or it doesn't matter that you had a female writer and things like that. You know what? I say this. What does matter is that you have the most talented people. But at the end of the day, I'm not a female. Right. Like I can't tell stories about women because it probably won't be an accurate uh, you know, an accurate representation of what women may actually go through, right? Mm -hmm. I could have women tell me things and maybe I could write a somewhat decent story, but I think women can do an even better job of doing that, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's the way I see it. And if you want to call me an SJW, which I don't think I am or whatever, but if, if, if you just, you know, I just, I, I just really felt like companies want to make money. They're going to do whatever they can to make money and to maximize their profits. And that's what they're trying to do. Right. And it's a smart move, and, and we get more Star Wars out of it. So I'm good with that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, w we were also talking about the books a little bit um, earlier, too. Um, okay. And, and uh, you know, we didn't really go in depth. We, we were just talking about how we would like to see uh, a much bigger payoff for the books. But but do you have a favorite book so far? Um you know what? You know what else have have you liked about the uh, Star Wars um, canon? The well, um, my favorite canon book is actually probably an old one. It's the Revenge of the Sith novelization. Okay. Um, it just it does a lot. Um, it it tells the story of the movie, but it tells so much more. It has a lot of like the Jedi versus Sith, good versus evil thing. It's. Um, it tells what Palpatine was doing and why and how he manipulated pretty much everyone. It, and it also, at the same time, it tells about how there, there are glimmers of hope and, you know, 
what the Jedi did wrong and how they can recover. It, it just tells a great story. And hmm, that's pretty I remember, interesting. Yeah, I remember reading it. I got it from the library the summer that it came out and I bought it a, and I bought a used copy a few weeks later at a book sale. And I, I, I read it every now and then just because it's so good. Um, and I also like, this has come up on another podcast or two. I also like the Darth Plagueis novel, which is not canon anymore, but I sometimes I pretend it is. And mm -hmm. this tells that from that same thing, what the Sith were doing from before the prequels. And I, I, I don't, you know, if you had to ask me if I'm a Jedi or a Sith, I'd consider myself a Jedi, but I still love the story of the Sith and what they were doing and how they manipulated everything. Yeah. So those would probably be my favorite, but if you're talking new canon, you know, I, I would say Bloodline or Lost Stars. Um, I think they're, they're phenomenal stories. I love how Lost Stars kind of retells the saga of the original trilogy from these other points of view. Um, and Bloodline is just amazing with what it does to Leia and, you know, what it puts her through. You really get it. You really get to see your point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've read most of the new canon stuff. Uh, and I haven't, I, the, you know, the Wendig trilogy, it, it grows on you. The first book isn't the best, but the second two more than make up for it. Yep, I um, agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Um I I I like I like the stuff that they've done. Um I haven't read the Rebels book or the Ahsoka book. Um but everything else I like I like to I can't say anything has really disappointed me yet. Um some of the I, I'm also big into the comics, I'll try and read those. Some yeah. of those some of those storylines um have you have you read much on the comics? Um, so I read. So, so my wife actually bought me the Star Wars comic. Uh, okay. That like we're, we're like yeah you, you know you find out that Luke Skywalker actually had a fight with Darth Vader before okay, yeah. um, Empire. Yeah. Um, so I, I read that, but I didn't continue it. Um, and then I read like the first issue of Lando, and I read a couple issues of um, Poe Dameron. Okay. But uh, I, I didn't keep up. I was like, I'll just read the books and the comics are, you know, I'll, I'll the, read online about them. The Land, the Lando series was good. Really? Uh, it, I guess yeah, I got to catch back up. It, it was only a five-issue series, um, so you might be able to get, like, a trade paperback or something. But it was, it was, it told a really good story. Um, and I, I can see why the comics aren't for everyone. The, the Darth Vader meeting Luke did thing. It didn't bother me, but I could see why people would be bugged by it. There have been some storylines, like there was one where it told Luke was reading a, a story of Yoda going to this planet of rock people, and hmm. the storyline dragged on. For, I think it was like three issues, but it felt like ten. <laughs> and you know the the first the first arc they had of the Poe Dameron comic it it was about this weird godzilla type thing that grew out of this egg and yeah yeah yep i do remember that yeah. yeah and and then there's like some uh some guy from like the first order that was coming to like kill all the people that like like that took care of the egg or something like that and right right yeah it, yeah it, it went off the rails but it got better um I, I i would say they're doing a better job now with the comics than they are when they started um you know they have darth maul had a limited series that was really good 
the Poe Dameron series has gotten back on track. They're doing an excellent Darth Vader series, which tells the story of what happened right after Revenge of the Sith. And hmm. I, 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 would, I would definitely recommend that. I want to talk about it, but I know if I say anything, I'm going to spoil it. And I don't want to yeah. spoil it for you on the chance that you go and pick it up one day. Yeah, I, I've been hearing great things about the um, about the uh, Darth Vader series. You know what? Uh, I think I might have read like the first couple of issues of the Darth Vader series. Well, they, there, there were two. The first, the original Darth Vader series was kind of running alongside the Star Wars series, so it was between A New Hope and Empire. Okay. That that ended, I think, like at 25 issues, and then the second series started after Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Is that the one where they um, introduced uh, Dr. Aphra? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. I remember I read up to that point. And then I fell off. You know what actually happened? Um, so I was in the process of moving out to Los Angeles. I was living in um, um, Atlanta before this. Okay. And so that was one reason like, I kind of fell off. And then also um, Rebirth came out. And, oh. and, and, yeah, and I got heavily into Rebirth. Uh, so for anyone that doesn't know, DC relaunched all of their comics last year, or mm-hmm. at least the majority of them, um, under Rebirth. And, and, I, and I really got into that with, uh, with a friend. Um, and so I stopped really buying anything from Marvel, not, not okay. because I chose to, it was just like, <laughs> oh my God, like I'm spending $25 a week on Reaper stuff. I don't know if yeah. I want to spend another $10 a month on, uh, you know, Star Wars comics or right. whatever. So, which, uh, I kind of felt guilty about that now because I'm calling myself a Star Wars fan. I kind of feel like I should be <laughs> buying the comics too. Well, you can, you uh, can join Marvel Unlimited and read them online, you know, six yeah. months later or whatever. Yeah, which is what I which is what I probably um, which is what I probably should do now. So, mm-hmm. so but uh, as far as as far as the the uh, books go, where where do you hope they go with the books? Um, I would really like, and I don't think we're gonna see any of this until my my educated guess would be after episode nine comes out. But I'm kind of hoping. Hold on a second. Yes, you can hope. Sorry about that. I'm kind of hoping. After The Last Jedi comes out, I would really like to see them fill the gaps between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Um, There's just a lot of questions that people have about those. And also, I I wouldn't mind if they went back in time. I I want them to establish new characters, kind of like we were talking about before, new characters that pay off in movies or something down the road. Um, Yeah. You know, they're going to need more ideas for spin-off movies, anthology stories, whatever you want to call them. So grow some characters in these other media. See what see what people want to read more about or see more about and use that as kind of a garden to grow a movie later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I definitely agree. Expand it and water the garden and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Which I I think if I had any one uh, critique of Star Wars is that I feel like they keep going back to old stuff. Um, yeah. You know, Rogue One. You know, Rogue One was a good story. I understand that. I understand why they did that. But like, mm-hmm. let's let's get away from you know the uh, old trilogy, right? Like, yeah. Let, let's let's move forward. Let's create new things. Let's um, expand the universe and. Um, yeah, like let's get some really cool shit, right? Like, like I really want to see, uh, you know, uh, force powers, 
um, advanced. You know, I, I want to see what happens when we have more than one Jedi. What happens when someone breaks, um, you know, what's going to happen with these new dark figures, right? Because there's no more Sith, Disney says. Yeah. Um, you know, so I really want to see things kind of branch out and really expand. And I think, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, that will happen. Um, I just think, in, you know, I think especially after episode nine, I think Bob Iger has kind of said that, like, they kind of want to go the way of TV shows and other forms of media um, mm-hmm. more heavily um, 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 after episode nine. So I definitely do think that will happen. Um, and I think they'll, you know, I think they'll attempt to be more creative and expand the universe then. But yeah, like, let's get it out of the new stuff uh, or out of the old stuff, I meant to say. Um, yeah. Let's move forward. So. Yeah, man. Well, I think I'll end it there. Um, okay. Where can, where, where can people find you? Uh, my Twitter is Tom Chansky, C H A N S K Y, and um, I don't, you know, I don't have a podcast. I just write in the ones <laughs> I like. Yes, he does. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you're pretty prolific. I feel like every single week I listen to um, Blue Harvest, I hear something new from King Tom. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and it's always it's always delightful. So well, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, and again, if you want to find me, you can find me at, at Sports and Star Wars. That is Sports with the letter N, Star Wars. Um, we also have a Facebook page for the podcast. Um, at Talking Star Wars is where you can find uh, the Facebook page. And also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It definitely helps us out. Thank you. Until next time, may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. <laughs>